Welcome to the Not Your Usual Cancer podcast. My name is Lauren and last year when I was 39, I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. I have ADHD, I'm a creative type, an entrepreneur, Reiki practitioner and astrologer. And I've run my own coaching business and membership for the last few years. I take a psycho-spiritual intuitive approach in all that I do and it was no different when dealing with this diagnosis. I knew that I wanted to do things my own way to self-advocate and combine alternative healing methods alongside the surgery and chemo. In this podcast I'll be sharing what I've learned along the way and what helped me get through the really dark moments. It's not your usual cancer podcast because I'll be integrating the spiritual, alternative and creative approaches and changing the narrative on what having cancer looks like. I believe in empowering people to listen to their bodies and trust their intuition if something doesn't feel right. Let's experiment and find joy and fun again and release the heaviness that going through cancer can bring. Welcome to this episode. So this is not an easy topic to cover, but one that I feel is really, really important when you've had a cancer diagnosis. It's going to be a question that comes up almost straight away. Um, I have tried to record this podcast, I think two or three times before this, and just couldn't get it, just couldn't sort of express what I wanted to express so I've written some notes and I'm hoping that I'll be able to get through it this time and get this episode out there because yeah I think it's such an important topic so is getting cancer my fault when you've had a diagnosis it's going to be a question that comes into your mind Uh, for me I was thinking you know have I mistreated my body have I done something wrong have I been eating wrong or was it all of that binge drinking I did in my 20s. (laughs) So what I would like to cover with this episode is how we can take a sense of responsibility but without blaming ourselves, without thinking that it's our fault. So when I was diagnosed I went in and I'd had all of the scans, the CT scans, I'd had a virtual colonoscopy. If you've had one of those, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's an interesting procedure. Um, So I'd had all of those and I sat down with my doctor, uh, my surgeon, and she said to me, you know, we had the, the whole conversation about what you know what the diagnosis was, what uh the sort of prognosis was, what the treatment was and all of that. And then I remember her saying sort of towards the end of the conversation that it was just bad luck that this had happened to me. You know, it was unfortunate that, you know, I was so young and that I'd had this diagnosis. Um, And if, you know, that immediately didn't sit well with me because if I fully believed that, then I would have, it meant that I had no control at all. If it's just bad luck, then it could just happen again at any time. And... I think, like you said at the beginning, it's a sense of I've sort of got into this radical responsibility movement. Um, And if you haven't heard of that, I've actually pulled up a a definition. 
So what does it mean to take radical responsibility? Radical responsibility is the voluntary choice to assume or embrace 100% ownership for every circumstance we face in life. Not as some kind of should or burden, but rather as a conscious act of self-empowerment and the genuine exercise of personal freedom. I love that definition. So yeah, it's not about blaming yourself in terms of, you know, even if you have been living maybe an unhealthy lifestyle or not eating as well as you could do, or you've been stressed or whatever the reason is, um, it's not about blaming yourself. So another point that I want to make is um, thinking about responsibility versus fault. So fault is past tense and responsibility is present tense. Fault results from choices that have already been made and responsibility results from the choices you're currently making every second of every day. So that's another one that I've <laughs> pulled up online and I think there's a lot of power in that too. So we can't change what's happened in the past. We can't change the actions that we took. You know, for me, if I could go back and tell myself in my 20s, maybe don't drink so much, maybe eat a bit more healthily, maybe instead of spending all of your budget on clothes and, you know, buying the super cheap food, maybe spend a bit more on better food. But, you know, I can't go back and do that. All I can do is take responsibility for where I'm at now and the changes that I can make going forwards. So in terms of feeling like we've got an element of control, that we can affect things, I think that is really empowering. And I actually think it's a bit irresponsible of doctors to say it's just bad luck. Um, because like I said, it just gives you a sense of, oh, well, I'll just go and do whatever because it doesn't matter, it's just bad luck. Um, and for me, knowing that I, I can influence things going forwards, uh, so, what that looks like for me is that I've been on a massive um, health mission since my diagnosis, as you can imagine. And in terms of getting myself through, through you know, staying mentally strong to get myself through the surgery, which was pretty intense, um, getting myself through the chemotherapy, which again, intense, but over a longer time frame. And then since I finished chemo, so about seven months ago now, I've been on a mission to, yeah, live my best, healthiest life, which gives me a sense of agency, a sense of being able to affect the outcome. And then also, if for any chance, any, you know, I'm not going to put this out there, but also if by any chance the cancer comes back, I know that I've done absolutely everything in my power to prevent that. I think all we can do is do the best with the resources we have, the knowledge we have, which isn't perfect, but it's the best we have. So that is what I'm, that's what I've been aiming to do sort of the last seven months. I have been researching a lot in terms of what foods I can eat that are anti-cancerous. Um, I've been taking supplements. I've been making smoothies. I've cut out a lot of unhealthy habits that I had before. 
I have been training at the gym, going for runs, doing exercise, uh, doing yoga, doing breath work. So it's just been this like massive mission for being the best that I can be. And I have to say, I'm, I'm, I still don't, I don't, even though I've done all of that, I don't feel that I'm sort of in this place of perfection or anything like that by a long way. Um, so when I went through chemotherapy, you know, it affects everyone differently. But for me, I put on quite a lot of weight. I was very, very little activity was happening while I was on chemo. So I was basically lying around in bed or on the sofa, wasn't really able to go out, um, just didn't have any energy. So even though I didn't have any, any energy uh, I, and I was lying around, I was still eating a decent amount. and. I actually found that eating really plain carbs, like, you know, your breads, your pizzas, your crisps, plain pasta, that was what I would, that sort of helped me and helped with some of the side effects of chemo. Um, so inevitably I put on um, a decent amount of weight for me. I was, I was certainly at my, apart from going through pregnancy, I, I've definitely come out of chemo is my highest weight and I'm still I'll say about halfway through getting back to what I consider a sort of normal weight and it's definitely not about it's not about weight it's about health um, but that's just one measure so I'm definitely on a mission now to take back as much responsibility as I can um, I look at photos <laughs> from the years gone by and I I think, you know, did I have cancer at that point in the photo? Did I have the precancerous cells in my bowel? Was that already in process? And it just doesn't really help to go back and analyse the past. All we can do is focus on what we can do better going forwards. Um, and I think there's there's a balance to be found in terms of the approach that we take. So I know there's a lot of information online around various diets or a supposed miracle cures. And it's really not about like one particular thing that we can do or eat or take to help. It's about taking a holistic, integrative approach to just create the right environment in our body. So. I always love a plant analogy and I think it's so apt for this. So if we think about a plant growing, if it is struggling, if it's got yellow leaves or if it's not growing very well or if it's sort of wilting, we won't blame the plant, we'll change the environment. It Maybe it needs some fertilizer, some better soil, a bigger pot, more water, more light. And I think we need to sometimes treat ourselves a bit like plants as well. So how can we change our environment to create a better internal environment in our body? Uh, and I think there's there's lots of different elements to that. And I think we can sometimes get really fixated on the diet and the physical, the, the sort of factual, you know, hard evidence things, but there's definitely other elements that are just as important, I believe. So I've mentioned before, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. So I think having a spiritual practice, connecting with your purpose, um, 
having clarity on you know what it is you're here to do and there's a really interesting book on this actually um if you're a bit of a book nerd like me it's called uh, cancer as a turning point by lawrence lachan and uh, it talks about the um impact of emotions uh, he looks he's worked with basically cancer patients for 35 years when he wrote this book um and looked at how their emotions or their what's happened to them in the sort of two years or 18 months before their diagnosis and basically found that there was in a lot, you know, basically all of his <laughs> clients to some extent, or I should say clients, all of his patients to some extent that there was either like a grief or a loss or a sense of lack of purpose or a feeling of, failure or that they would never achieve what they truly wanted in life so a sense of hopelessness um so it's incredibly important that we find that it's not a uh, nice to have it's not a uh, you know something that sounds fluffy it's actually really really important to our well-being and this book uh, goes through various different case studies of different uh, patients that he worked with um, and what happened in their lives before their diagnosis and um, how he treated them was basically helping them find a sense of purpose again, helping them find joy in their lives. Um, and I think especially in this, you know, the pandemic impacted us all in different ways. But for me, maybe I didn't acknowledge it at the time, but I was, I had invested everything into a fledgling business, uh, which I was just growing in early 2020. It was a co-working business. I was really passionate about it. I built up a community of members. I had plans to expand it. Um, it had a childcare. I, I partnered with a childcare agency so parents could bring their kids along, do some co-working. Um, it was in three different venues at the time. So yeah, I'd, I'd put a lot in it. And then obviously when the pandemic came along, that all had to close down uh in those first few months it wasn't clear if it was a permanent thing but then eventually it became clear that the venues weren't up for it people weren't sure about it there just wasn't the same interest that i'd had before the pandemic so there was a definitely an element of grief and an element of loss and lack of purpose because of that and i'm sure everyone has their own pandemic story but I believe we're going to see and we are seeing increased cancer rates because of the emotional impact of the pandemic and I'm not saying that's entirely the reason that I had my diagnosis at all I believe it's it's like we've created the the perfect storm in our bodies completely by accident it's not something that we obviously consciously did on purpose but maybe the combination of um, the emotional trauma, the stress, maybe not the best diet, maybe some environmental toxins. Just completely accidentally, we've created this environment where cancer, which all it is is when your, your cells in your body don't copy themselves correctly. Um, it actually happens fairly often, but normally your immune system will come in, get rid of the cells that are not working correctly. But for whatever reason, the cell copies itself, it doesn't copy correctly, it creates a cancer cell instead. 
and somehow that cancer cell is able to survive. Um, whether you believe, like my surgeon said, that is just bad luck, or whether you want to take some element of responsibility that there was an environment that was created for that to happen in. Um, I do have a proviso around that. I think if you've got a genetic form of cancer that is purely caused by having a, a certain gene, then it doesn't really apply because that's yeah that's already <laughs> written in in the genes as it were so it's not something you can sort of take responsibility for to the same extent um, although having the awareness and doing something about it you can definitely take responsibility for that but yeah I think that book is fascinating I really recommend um, giving it a read if you're interested like me I think it's um, there's an official phrase uh, psycho-oncology uh, which sounds very clinical but thinking about how the psychology affects cancer how your mindset how your emotions um, and this book clearly demonstrates a lot there's a lot to be said um, for our emotions and how they can contribute to cancer and feeling that maybe we lost our direction or a sense of grief or yeah in some cases it is literally um, grief. I know there's a few uh, people on social media who share that they had cancer following grief of losing a loved one which yeah is obviously very very difficult to deal with so there's there's just different so many different scenarios um, for creating the environment in which cancer is able to grow and become you know observable to the point that we know that we've got it but actually cancer happens quite often in our bodies and that a cancer cell can be created but it's normally just immediately destroyed or dealt with by our immune system so it's just that it's been allowed to get out of hand uh, more than more than normal um so yeah that's kind of what I wanted to share in terms of thinking about if you've had a diagnosis, doing some reflection work in terms of what has helped to create this environment in your body where cancer has been able to develop. Is there anything you can sort of reflect on or be aware of or maybe observe in yourself and again I really want to stress that it's not about blame or fault it's about responsibility and empowerment by taking responsibility we have the power to do something about it rather than <laughs> it's definitely not about beating a, beating ourselves with a stick because that just doesn't achieve anything even if you have been living a really unhealthy lifestyle or you've got habits that you think haven't helped there's absolutely no point in beating yourself up about it. It's just about thinking, well, what can I do going forwards to help make myself uh, or help my body create the better environment to, yeah, where cancer cells can't thrive. So um, there's an exercise in this book, which I would like to share because I think it's um, a really good one. 
So the exercise is, imagine that your life up to now had been carefully and lovingly designed as a lesson to teach you something that you really need to know in order to have a fuller and richer life. Looking back on your life, try to figure out what the lesson is. Take your time. This is a difficult task, but it can be done. Write your conclusion and the reasoning that led to it. How would you change your life if you really learned this lesson? What would have to happen to you or what would you have to do in order to really learn it? So that's just one of many different exercises in the book. Um, for me, it's been a journey, as I said, over the last well year now since I've had the diagnosis to reflect on in terms of what is my purpose and as I've said before, taking a spiritual approach. So for me as well, having cancer is, I don't believe it's something that I specifically chose <laughs> before I came down to earth to be a person. But I do believe that my soul opted in for a human experience. And in my case, cancer turned out to be part of that human experience. For me, it helps having that perspective that it is just, while it's very unpleasant and stressful and physically, you know, quite awful to get through at times, that having that perspective just gives that ability to zoom out and think, actually, this is what I'm here for. And I do believe that if we experience the deepest lows, the darkest moments and go fully into them, that actually then enables us to experience the highs and more joy because what is joy, you know, if we were living a joyful life all the time, it wouldn't actually be joyful because there would be, that would just be normal, that would just become the norm. So it's actually only by going through the crap stuff that we then have that perspective and appreciation I think a lot of cancer survivors will talk about a greater appreciation of life and it sounds a bit cheesy but I think it's really true you just have a taster of our true mortality and being able to connect with that and actually think yeah one day I will die and I've had a real connection with that. I think when we lose sense of that, we can just be going through the motions in our lives and not really connect to our purpose and just think that's normal, that's okay. But actually, if we push for more, I've always, I believe all life coaches will say this, that we're always about living our best lives. We're about helping our clients live their best lives because otherwise, what's the point? What's the point of having a life if we're just going to get through it and just be mediocre and just accept things as they are. I think we always need to challenge the status quo and challenge ourselves if we're being our, you know, living our best life. Is there something we can do different? And I think for me anyway, cancer has been a really spiritual journey to connect with that side of myself, to be more aware of how important that is to me and how I connect with that on a daily basis now and I'm 
I have a new sense of excitement for life. Um, it's not, it's definitely not something that has <laughs> developed overnight. It's, as I said, one year later after everything, it's seven months after I finished active treatment. And I now feel that I'm getting to that point where I can start, it's, it's still an ongoing process, but I can start to trust my body again. I can start to trust that all of the actions that I'm doing to live my best life and create, help my body create the best internal environment so that it doesn't come back. And I can start to trust that that is, that is working and that I can surrender to whatever happens along the line, knowing that I've done my best, I've taken responsibility. And that is what I guess has got me through and got me to this point. Um, it's not been, I don't want to paint a too rosy picture it's definitely not been all uh yeah it's not been all positivity and joy all the time and, and I really believe in not uh going into toxic positivity in terms of not dealing with the dark side and our shadow selves and all of those difficult things that come up uh I think we need to give space and time to allow that to come up and there's been days for sure where I've just cried and just sat around on the sofa and certainly not been not been thinking about anything positive at all so it's an ongoing journey but I feel that focusing on purpose focusing on taking responsibility and healing at all levels healing holistically healing in terms of the relationships I have, the people I spend time with, the environments I put myself in, just everything is all about ultimately healing myself. And I, I just won't put myself in situations now where I know that they're not gonna make me happy or that they're gonna make me stressed. I just immediately say no. So it's definitely given me much more clarity in that sense as well. But I, I think that's kind of what I wanted to cover in terms of is getting cancer my fault? I hope it's given you something useful to think about. I think if you've had a similar experience to me where you've been told by a medical professional that it's just bad luck, you can sort of go back to them and question that or <laughs> maybe don't even go back to them, but just question it and just think how you can actually take responsibility and how that is empowering rather than um, beating yourself with a stick as I said um, I don't believe that we would ever consciously choose cancer but at the same time it is an opportunity for us to reset our lives and that is how I, I am seeing it I'm seeing my diagnosis as the date that I got a chance to reset my life to rebuild myself in a different way than what I was doing before and not that there was anything massively wrong with what I was doing before, but I know that I was sort of just accepting things the way they were, maybe not maybe not going for what I truly wanted or not even believing that that was possible, which is definitely something that is covered in that book. Um, and getting, getting, getting back a sense of hope and a sense of what I want is actually possible. So... As I said, I hope that gives you something useful to think about. Feel free to drop me a message or get in touch with me if there's something you want to share around that. I would love to hear from you. 
and uh, look out for the next episode soon and that's that episode all wrapped up if you'd like to get in touch my website is lauren-jane.com on there you can find details of all the work that I do the one-to-one work that I do with clients my membership and my group program which is coming soon if you would like to drop me an email it's hi at lauren-jane.com thanks for listening Thank you.